Hello, everybody, and welcome to Star Talk, a podcast presented by the Aniston Star. I'm Philip Tudor, columnist here at the Star, and I will be joined today by Dr. Don Killingsworth, acting president of Jacksonville State University in Jacksonville, Alabama. Today, Dr. Killingsworth and I will discuss his first few months as JSU CEO, how the university is adjusting to a semester of online-only learning during the global pandemic, and his plans for JSU in the years ahead. Here's our interview. Welcome, Dr. Killingsworth, and thank you for uh, joining us today on Star Talk. I appreciate you doing this. It's my pleasure. Always glad to be with my friends at Anderson Star, and I uh, hope you're doing well, Philip. Um, I am. Thank you for asking. It's uh, this is a crazy time, and we're all having to work remotely. Or most of us are, at least, and it's. Um, I can't imagine what it's like for the students having to to go through this. Yeah, you know, I'm curious though, Doctor. Are you working at home some, or are you having to go to the office every day? I, I try to work from home, but I have a four and one year old uh, child, uh, two <laughs> children, so I need to come into the office just to get some things accomplished. Well, I, uh, I can understand that. I'm fortunate; my children are a little older than that, so we haven't had that issue to deal with. But it, I can imagine it, it's a heck of a time for you guys. It is, and, and we're trying to make the best of the situation that we're handed. Uh, our folks uh, work very hard, and. Uh, when they're on campus and they're working very hard from home at this, at this point as well. Sure. I was thinking uh, earlier today when I was getting ready to call you that, you know, you've only been on the job as the acting president there at Jacksonville State since, uh, I guess, October. Um, when the, when the six, board of, That'll be six months next week. Next week, yeah. And that was, you know, right after, obviously, the Board of Trustees terminated the contract of, of uh, President Beeler. And... Now you're dealing with a pandemic. I mean, in, as you said, in the first six months, this has been quite a whirlwind for you, I would imagine. <laughs> to say the least. Um, you know, uh, no one can uh, properly prepare for a, a global pandemic as we're in the middle right now. Uh, I don't care what uh, president you talk to at any higher education institution. Uh, people might have been working on a plan, but until you actually have to implement a plan, uh, no one is prepared for that. So we're trying to work through it the best we can, but you're right. I did not envision this back in October when uh, the board uh, asked me to step in as acting. Dr. Killingsworth, if you if you don't mind, you know, some of our listeners may not be aware of your background a little bit. You're from Alexander City. Can you kind of take me back to, to that time in your life? And there are a lot of places you could have gone for your undergraduate degree, you know, Auburn or AUM or heaven forbid, even Troy. <laughs> um, how did you end up at JSU as an undergraduate? Heaven forbid, Troy, you're correct. Uh, <laughs> always love Troy. Uh, that, that's a great question. Uh, when I was ready to look at college, I, I graduated high school from Benjamin Russell High School in 1992. And uh, I worked a couple of years there at Russell Mills, uh, at, attending Central Alabama Community College, trying to uh, navigate what I wanted to do for a career and, and, and so forth. And, and, and during that time, I had an older sister who started at, J, at GSU in 1990. My dad was here in 1969, so we had family connection to the institution. Uh, after a couple of years at the two-year school, I, I Decided I was ready to go to Jacksonville and came up here and enrolled in 1994. Uh, I finished uh, my undergraduate uh, work and went straight through the graduate program uh, with a master's in counseling and 
uh, after uh, I finished my master's, uh, my first job out of uh, school was with ACT, the testing company. I was a regional consultant for them. At 21 states, I was managing, and uh, was on an airplane more than in an office. But uh, I worked there for a year and a half. That was all through 9/11, and as soon as I uh, was able to find a job, a permanent job with not as much travel. Uh, I, I found it, and it so happened to be back at Jacksonville State, my alma mater. Well, let, me, I came back. let me ask you this real quick, Dr. Killingsworth. Did you attend JSU because of your family ties to it? Is that why you chose JSU? Yes. Oh, wow. That, okay. that was the number one reason was my familiarity uh, uh, with the campus and from my family attending. That is correct. Okay. All right. Let's get on to the kind of the elephant in the room, and that's the um, the global pandemic that you mentioned. Um, yes. I'm assuming virtually all universities and colleges in the United States have transitioned <laughs> to online-only classes because of the obvious reasons and the safety of it. JSU's done that. Do you have a sense thus far here in, the, I guess, the second week of April of how that transition has gone for you guys at JSU? Well, you know, uh, I think it's gone... Uh, well, one, we had a little practice uh, with it. Two years ago after the tornado, we had to uh, push classes online uh, for the summer. So we, uh, again, that's maybe not apples to apples. Uh, the summer class schedule compared to the spring schedule is, is smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had some kind of uh, idea of how to do it. Uh, now, we, we have had faculty... Uh, when we pushed them to online formats for the spring that have never taught online before. So that was the challenge. And we've worked with that those faculty to make sure they have all the resources they need and uh, to adequately train them to uh, to deliver the content they need to finish out the semester. Sure. Was that basically a generational divide with your faculty, the older faculty members not being as used to the online teaching? It, it could be. Uh, and some just don't want to uh, jump into the technology world <laughs> first. I, I think it may be a combination. Yeah, I can understand that. Have there been any surprises along the way that you didn't, you know, the things that you didn't expect as you made this, you know, radical transition with the pandemic? Yeah, you know, to be honest, there haven't been any surprises because we've, we've thoroughly vetted out all the possible scenarios. And the number one fear, I guess, going into it was access. Uh, we wanted to make sure everyone had access, not just uh, students, but faculty and the staff, everyone who needed access to make sure the students could get the quality education that they need to finish out the semester. So we knew that going in, but as far as just general surprises, uh, no, we, we, we haven't uh, encountered any surprises. You mentioned the tornado, and that, that's a good point. I'm glad you brought it up because, I guess, two years ago last month was when the tornado hit you know, here in northeast yeah. Alabama and um, if I understand you correctly, you the tornado and everything that you went through as a university that helped you in some ways with this pandemic. If I understood you correctly, if there's a silver lining uh, with the tornado, we needed the uh, just the educational uh, yeah. that we encountered during the difficulty after the tornado. Uh, we learned a lot back then, and we made some mistakes back then. Hmm. Uh, that would not allow us to make those mistakes again, uh, which we've been able to put in place for this time around. Did I'm going to assume that there was not a a uh, university wide pandemic response plan filed away in your desk? Well, 
that's a that's a great question. We started meeting on the pandemic in mid July. Uh, Dr. Jeff Ryan, uh, who is uh, well known, wrote the pandemic planning uh, textbook uh, for emergency management. Thankfully, he's on our staff and faculty, and and we got together, pulled a group together. We were meeting with the Department of Public Health, uh, local EMA. Uh, again, this is in mid-January because we thought uh, this may be heading our way. Of course, we knew it was. So, uh, so we uh, had a, a jump start on, on planning. But as far as last year, right. a pandemic plan, uh, there was one shell from the SARS and H1N1 over the years, but it was it was dusty. So if I, if I understand you correctly, again, you had a pandemic plan from those other pandemics in the past, but it was dusty. But it wasn't. So, but that, I'm assuming that means it wasn't really that useful because of the time. I mean, that one of those pandemics was 2003. Um, that's you know, that's quite a while. The useful, right. The usefulness was uh, we need to bring these people to the table to discuss. Okay. Now we've added to that group because technology is is playing more of a factor today than it would have been in '03 or so. Sure, sure. So the first time that you met officially on would have been in January. Is that is that what you said? That's correct. Okay. That's correct. Okay. Um, yesterday I had a discussion on a, a totally different topic with, um, Dr. Hill, uh, Dr. D. Ray Hill. He's a superintendent of Anniston City Schools. And, you know, from his standpoint as a K-12 educator, you know, he's already, he, his classes are online also, and he's already making plans for the summer school that there's a good chance that his summer school classes are going to have to be online in, in the city of Anniston. Is that a possibility for JSU that your summer classes this in the, the coming terms will be online? Uh, a great question. Uh, we have already let our students know that all summer classes will be taken online. All of them? All of them. What about the fall? I've got to ask about the fall then. <laughs> well, that's the magic uh, question. Uh, right now, we are planning for fall to be normal operations, so that we will have uh, students on campus meeting face to face in a lecture style class. And, but I guess it's safe to assume that that it could go the other way. You might have to be online in the fall too. That, that is correct. So I I cannot predict what we will be facing in June or July. If we are in a stay-at-home type situation in June, then yes, we will have to make uh, uh, allowances for the fall and start planning for online classes. The institution will continue to go on, sure, sure. and we will continue to educate the students. Uh, it just uh, my plan is not for that to happen. But again, if we are in the same situation we are today, which is stay-at-home order in June and possibly July, then yes we would have to make uh, plans for August when the classes start that they be delivered online. Why did you make, uh, I'm curious, why did you make the decision to go ahead now and say that the, your summer classes were going to be online? It's planning. Uh, you know, our, our folks at this point of the semester, uh, are not just our folks, but the students are wondering what's going to happen. It was just easier to go ahead and offer those classes online. Again, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. we had we had plans for that after the tornado. We carried that out successfully, and we just implemented those plans for the summer. Uh, it's the easiest thing to do uh, with the stay-at-home orders that came about and now going up to April the 30th. Uh, it, it was just the right, 
the right thing to carry out with online classes for the summer. It was an easy decision. Sure. Let me ask you this. If the governor, if Governor Ivey um, rescinds the stay-at-home order and the economy starts to open up a little bit in terms of what the, the uh, medical experts are telling us, would there be any chance that the summer classes would be, that you, you would alter that decision and allow them to be on campus? Not at this point. Okay. Uh, there's no there's no reason to. I, I think, uh, and I hope that the governor does. If all the projections are correct, uh, that she does lift her order on April the thirtieth. Uh, if that's the case, then we can start bringing people back in phases to campus for operation. Uh, you know, if, if if we're trying to teach classes and trying to bring people back at the same point, it gets. You know, I don't want something to slip through the cracks. Sure. Sure. Uh, not only a student and their need. So if we can keep everything online and get everything rolling back again uh, over the summer, then by the fall we would be ready to operate normally. Dr. Killingsworth, I was reading a couple of stories earlier this week from um, New York and Washington and Los Angeles, some of the, you know, obviously the biggest cities in the country, and, and there are tons of higher ed campuses in those cities, and it seems that there is a concern among the presidents and the trustee members at those universities that that one of the byproducts of this pandemic may be a reduction in the number of students who attend college in that first semester or two after they're allowed to have students back on campus. Um, there was even a, one story that quoted a, a, an education expert that said, he wouldn't be surprised if it's as much as a 15% drop in nationwide enrollment. Um, what Are you concerned that JSU's student population will take a hit like that? Of course. I, I would be naive if I wasn't. Uh, we, we are watching the numbers. Uh, we have had a flattening of our applications, but hmm. I will say this, the good news, uh, we had a virtual preview day on Saturday, uh, April the 18th, and we have a record number registered, almost 1,500 students. Hmm. Our housing applications are up. So with those numbers tracking the way they are, I'm optimistic about the fall. But I would be naive if I didn't let the trustees know that there is a possibility for decline. I understand that. Uh, again, no one can predict the future or where we're going to be in August. But we are, again, planning just in case all those students do fill up. Is JSU's budget, annual budget, still around $133 million or so? Sure, and that, you can break that in it down even further, Phil, which okay. is a good point I think you're getting to. Uh, 70% of our budget is tuition and fee driven. Right, that, that's exactly where uh, I was headed, yeah. Yeah, so, I, you know, enrollment is, is, we have to be cognizant of what we're facing with enrollment. If we have a big decline in enrollment, yes, that would mean a decline in the budget, which could uh, you know, cycle down to employment and so forth. Right, and glad again. I'm glad you brought that up because that was something I wanted to hit on. This, and I'll go ahead and ask it now. Layoffs, either of faculty or staff, or reductions in services or classes offered. At what point do you think JSU would have to start considering something drastic like that if it gets to that point? Uh, it's a very good question, and one the cabinet and I have been discussing. Again, just to be prepared in case of what ifs yeah. uh, down the road. Yeah. Uh, there, there's not a magic number that I can say if we're down 10% in enrollment, then we would need to 
big 10% in, in employment. Uh, uh, there, there is no magic number. We would have to go through our budget year ends in September the 30th. So we have a fall uh, semester that has already started at that point. So it's a strange budget year when you talk uh, at a calendar compared to a calendar year. Uh, but all that being said, if, if we have a major dip in, in enrollment, then we would have to look at uh, staffing and so forth just to see if we're a budget in, in aligned with our budget at that point. You mentioned the, the percentage that your tuition plays in your annual budget. Is that normal? You know, J, the, the number that JSU has, 70-something percent that you mentioned, is that typical of, of university, regional universities like JSU, or is that widely different? I think it's average, but you will see uh, variance uh, throughout our, our my colleagues in the state. Uh, you, most of us around 60 to 70. Uh, very few get up into 80 percent. Okay. Uh, but the but the state still allocates a good proportion, and we're appreciative of what the state uh, does allocate to us. And from what we've gathered, it will be an equal budget to compared to last year, which is seven percent increase for us last year. Sure. So we're we're you know we can't argue with what the state gives us, uh, but we are mostly tuition and fee driven, which goes back to your enrollment point. Sure, absolutely. Um, you've done a lot of building on campus the last. I don't know, four or five years. I'm, I'm kind of spitballing there, but you know, the both athletically and academically, you 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 have a lot of uh, capital improvements on your campus. Are those still going on, or have has any of those plans have they been sh- you know shut down because of financial concerns with this pandemic? No, nothing. Nothing's been shut down. Everything's still on track. Uh, we have Merrill Hall, which is our new school of business and industry, which mm-hmm. is being replaced because of the damage of the tornado. That's on schedule for fall of 2021. Uh, the South Complex, as we're referring to it, mm-hmm. the School of Health Professions and Wellness, which is the old Jackson Hospital, is on target. It's being remodeled to, to meet their needs. Mason Hall on campus is, is our... So most of the tornado damage is... is, is wrapping up at right. facilities. Uh, I don't think we have any construction going on right now. We have the best athletic facilities in the OVC. Oh, yeah. uh, so I don't think we have a problem there. But overall, you know, as far as construction goes, we're continuing as is, and our budget has not we're, – we're on track with our current budget. Okay. Well, that's good to hear, certainly. Because this is Alabama, Dr. Killingsworth, I have to ask, if you don't have – Gamecock football this fall. <laughs> um, I mean, can kind of walk me through that, both emotionally and financially, because I'm assuming for the athletic department that would be a horrible hit on their bank account, and then just emotionally for the university and the alumni and everybody involved. Uh, I think the bigger hit would be to uh, the fan base, to the student athletes, and so forth. We, we budget athletics at our level. Uh, most of it is university-supported. So the athletic department, uh, mainly football, was our biggest, as you call, moneymaker. Right. Uh, yeah, that would take a hit, uh, and we would lose revenue from ticket sales and so forth, game guarantees. But the university funds that, that athletic, uh, all athletics, as a whole anyway. Uh, so we would continue, but if we did not have a football season this fall, that uh, I think that would be detrimental to not only the university but the community. I think people 
rally around the local, whether it be high school, uh, college, and us, and I'll, I'll throw our counterparts in there, our, our NFL teams in the state, Alabama and Auburn. To you know, it's I think we need a football season. Sure. That sure. doesn't mean that we're going to do whatever we can. Uh, if if we don't have a football season, then something major has happened. You know, I, I had noticed, I think it was yesterday, I saw where uh, I think the University of Cincinnati had canceled, had um, gotten rid of its men's soccer team because of finances. The, the, the university is just struggling with the pandemic and tuition and not having, not, not being able to finish basketball season and canceling the spring sports. And there seemed to be a little bit of a, uh, an uproar on the, uh, on Twitter about if 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 a school like University of Cincinnati is having to kill sports because of the pandemic, that is that just the first shoe that will fall? It, it however you know however many universities across the country, and you know I can't imagine that. That's why I asked if you know financially what would happen to the athletic department if you don't play football. Well, we, uh, it would be a hit. That I will, I will be clear. Yeah. It would be a hit if we did not have a football season. We would have to look at uh, the overall picture uh, of expense uh, versus revenue and the budget as a whole. Sure. I would be, again, I would go back and say naive if, I, I, if that was not on the table. Uh, now, as far as you know, like schools like Cincinnati and dropping other sports, uh, I, I cannot speak because who yeah. knows what their budget entails and their conference. And uh, right. we 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 agree through the conference structure, and there's more to it than just dropping a sport at any point. I think the, on our level, you saw the Jacksonville University, the Dolphins dropped mm-hmm. football this past uh, at mm-hmm. the end of the season. That's right. And, you know, that that's a that was a major decision. It raises some eyebrows, uh, but uh, football is strong here in the state of Alabama. Uh, I think we're going to have a football season. I hope we have a football season. Uh, I think that the community by the end of the summer will need a football season. Sure. I, th- I think you're right, I, and I hope you're right, too. Um, let's get away, if we can, <laughs> from the pandemic <laughs> for, for just a few minutes. Um, if we can imagine the pandemic not existing, um what are the one or two pressing issues in your mind that JSU you know, needs to take care of in the next couple of years? If there wasn't a pandemic and everything was kind of normal, what's on your plate? Sure. Uh, number one is student success. Uh, you have seen, uh, I've just had a little organizational change. Uh, we moved the vice president of student affairs over to be vice president of student success. And what that means is we're trying to make sure uh, the students have all the resources that they need to be successful from the start to finish. We're offering supplemental instruction, tutoring, coaches, uh, academic coaches, academic advisors, any resources that the student may need to successfully complete the college because we, we understand where we are. We're in Northeast Alabama and a lot of our students still come from the Levin County footprint that we serve. A lot of first generation students still are showing up on campus. So we understand that getting that degree changes their life forever. And we're going to make sure we give them that opportunity. And so student success is number one. And two, the overall growth of the institution. We, we are poised to grow. We have some programs on the horizon that I think uh, will benefit our area. 
and, and making sure that JSU is a good community partner. We're the state agency, we're the resource that our community, the 11 county uh, service area can rely on to be here to help them accomplish their goals. And, that, and that's what I think we're here for. Back in October, when um, the Board of Trustees made the change in the President's office, were you surprised when the trustees selected you to replace Dr. Beeler? <laughs> uh, a, little, a little bit. Uh, I, was, I was thankful for the opportunity, um, but, uh, you know, you, you never uh, – I, I didn't dream of it yeah. one taking place at that point. Uh, I, I wanted to be a university president, of course. I had been training for that role. Uh, I just didn't know what was coming in that time frame. Is that why you said you were surprised, that you just didn't expect it right now? Correct. Uh, you know, that uh, the, the trustees made a decision to go a different route with uh, the former president, and uh, we, we acknowledged that, and we just go with our instructions from that point. Sure. I'm going to make an assumption that the the title of acting president is one you would like to have made in, into the permanent presidency of the university. Is that safe to assume that you'd like to be the, the full, the act, the, the permanent president of JSU? Oh, there's no doubt. This is, this is my school. It's my home. Uh, met my wife here. We were raising a family in the Jacksonville community. Um, I had a younger sister, uh, who went here. I talked about my older sister going here, but my younger sister was SGA president two years after I was. Uh, we have a long family history at this institution. It's it's where I want to be. So I've been training to become a president, and I feel now is the right time. You know, if you were a football coach, we would say that you were this was that this was kind of a test for you, uh, uh, like kicking the tires to see if you could do the job or not. That may be uh, a, kind of an unfair comparison, football coach to university president. But uh, that was the first thing that popped into my mind when uh, when I was getting ready to call you. Is I can imagine. In the sport, on the sports side of things, you know, this is kind of like an audition for you in, in a way. It is exactly like an audition, and uh, but no one envisioned a, pan- a global pandemic in the <laughs> of an audition. Uh, so it, it's been unique in its own self. But hey, we have great people in place, and I'm just honored to lead my institution and these great people that are working here to take care of our students. Well, Dr. Killingsworth, I appreciate you joining. Uh, our podcast today. This has been great. I, well, I could go on for another hour or two because I've got, there's so much going on at JSU and you are right that it's, the institution is so important to Calhoun County and this part of Alabama. And, um, but I, I promise to keep you to 30 minutes and I'm going to, I'm going to hold to that. So thank you for your time and maybe I'll have you uh, on the podcast again soon. Well, I, I promise you this, Philip. I appreciate Anna's the star. I'm a loyal subscriber and I'm thankful for what y'all do. And this is just part one. We'll we'll catch up part two soon. Okay. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Star Talk, which is available wherever you normally get your podcasts. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. I'd like to remind our readers that all of our coverage of the COVID-19 outbreak is free to read online at anistonstar.com slash coronavirus. You don't need a subscription for it. But we thank our subscribers, and if you'd like to subscribe, it's easy to do so. Just go online to anistonstar.com slash subscribe. The Star can also be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at anistonstar. This is Philip Tudor of The Star, and thanks for listening. See you again next week.